This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, John B. Wells from Caravan to Midnight weighs in on the Great Reset and our dystopian nightmare. I would say that after the years that you put into it and after the years that I've put into it, we really are able to see most, most of it that's going to impact us in the immediate and in the eminent, not going to say long term, but the, the, the mid-range term. We see these things now in our imagination. Then when we see them come to contribute more to this dystopian reality we appear to be living, it's not so dystopian for me or you, I suspect, because we've already seen it. We know two things, human nature and that Oscar Wilde thing. The one thing that human beings cannot resist is temptation. And we know that if you give these people powerful toys to play with, they're going to play with them. You can become an official Patreon supporter of my work here at Strange Planet Productions by donating a monthly amount through patreon.com forward slash strange planet, patreon.com forward slash strange planet, There are several tiers to choose from. Pick which one is right for you, but any monthly amount is greatly appreciated. As a sign of my appreciation, you can have your name mentioned on air during my weekly radio show, or you could have your name included in a crawl on my YouTube channel live stream. You could also receive episodes of my old podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. This critically acclaimed podcast, produced in partnership with Chris Jericho, is not currently available anywhere else. If you enjoy this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, you can really get behind me and my work by donating once a month at patreon.com forward slash strange planet, patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. The Mighty Aphrodite and I are re-watching Game of Thrones. Now, the the first time we started watching, it was fresh off the back of Downton Abbey. So, needless to say, Thrones was um, uh, a bit of an assault on our uh, senses and sensibilities. Uh, we were simu- simultaneously uh, shocked, disgusted, titillated, embarrassed, enthralled. And so it was kind of hard for us to follow the plot. This time around, though, we've become... I guess somewhat inured to the uh, endless parade of profanity, butchery, betrayal, perversion. So we're actually able to focus on the storyline. And I must say that amidst the backdrop of COVID, uh, authoritarian lockdowns, cancel culture, uh, U.S. capital looking like it's under military occupation, rumblings of secession in the United States, big tech censorship, cancel culture – communist Chinese infiltration, suddenly Game of Thrones seems like it's ripped from today's headlines. Granted, I'm sure every generation or previous generation would have the exact same reaction to this TV spectacle. 
after all, power and betrayal, jealousy, revenge are universal themes. As uh, the great bard wrote in, I believe it was Twelfth Night, "'Twas Ever Thus." And now we're playing this game. Maybe you did the same. I know we're a little late to the dance with Game of Thrones, but we play this game. We're trying to recast Game of Thrones with actual people, people in the news, politicians. Which real-life politician would play Cersei Lannister? Who would play Jon Snow or the uh, the slippery, power-hungry Peter Baelish? We are indeed living out a real-life Game of Thrones, and make no mistake, winter is coming. In fact, it may already be here. So who are the White Walkers in all of this? Is it Klaus Schwab and the Billionaires Club in Davos? Are they coming for us? Except we don't have a wall to contain them. I'm sure my guest this hour has a thing or three to say about Klaus and the Great Reset and Big Tech John B. Wells, he's got a brass gong of a voice, a terrific voice actor, a terrific broadcaster. You're no doubt familiar with John's various broadcast platforms, including Caravan to Midnight, Arc Midnight, of course, previously heard on Coast to Coast AM. And he's standing by from the great state of Texas. I have been looking forward to this conversation for some time. John B. Wells has been described as a modern-era combination of Walter Cronkite, Paul Harvey, Sherlock Holmes, and your favorite wise uncle. The only thing deeper than his trademark voice are his innovative insights, inspiring interviews, and delivery of fact-based news. John recorded his first audio radio commercial while still in grade school and later evolved to become a legendary Dallas-based rock DJ playing records while also setting many for audience size and market share. John has been internationally recognized for his music, writing, speaking, acting, voiceover skills, appearing in Oliver Stone's JFK, and as I said, hosting Coast to Coast Radio, just a part of his life's work. John is a syndicated radio show, digital satellite, global video podcast, YouTubes are enjoyed globally by a most sizable audience, and you can Join John's many syndicated terrestrial radio stations in addition to his multiple subscriber broadcast platforms, Caravan to Midnight, Weekdays, and Arc Midnight on Saturday nights. Hey, John, welcome aboard. How are you? Very well, Richard. Thank you very much for bringing me on your program. I've, um, of course, heard you many, many times over the years, and uh, a lot of people out there love you, man. So I, I, uh, it's a real honor to be on, on your program tonight. Well, right back at you. Just indulge me for a minute, John, if you could. Would you do me a favor with those amazing pipes of yours and say, winter is coming? Almost assuredly. Winter <laughs> is coming. <laughs> Before we get rolling, just uh, there may be a handful of my listeners who are not familiar with Caravan to Midnight or Arc Midnight on Saturdays. Tell us about those two programs. What will people experience if they watch, listen, subscribe? Well, I left Coast to Coast AM 2014. That was the end of the line, as it might be, but I had already mentioned that over the course of the two years, 2012 and, and 2013, of, of hosting Saturday night regularly and then filling in during the week, I'd already said, this is not my program, this is somebody else's program, but if I were to have a program, that program would be called, yep, I'd call it Caravan to Midnight. And then later on, Mr. Oliver over there said, and you can put your personal website there and whatever. So I was already planning on doing something because... I don't know, I just, my whole life has been just do your best, wait until one of those stepping stones appears, and then step on it and st stand there. And in a little while, 
maybe a while, but uh, eventually another stepping stone will appear, and you step on that. So Caravan of Midnight has actually been in the making since 2006. But then when, after the, the I would say, pretty good success at Coast to Coast AM, then uh, when they said, listen, we're going to go a different direction, I'm like, I'm okay with that. Boy, how many times has that phrase been uttered in the radio business? <laughs> so a week later, we fired up Caravan to Midnight, a member service, and we began doing these video interviews. That We were just so enthusiastic about the whole project that we didn't say, okay, it's going to be exactly this long each time and so forth. We just wanted to get it out there and, and get it on and talk about all these things that have been boiling up inside for a long time that really couldn't be talked about on over-the-air radio or not at length because you have to deal with commercials and so forth, and that's fine. I mean, that's the radio business, but Hugo Fugan, for example, deconstructed this whole Loretta Fuddy water landing out there in the Hawaiian Islands, and we, we sat with him over the course of two days. Actually, we had to make it into a two-parter, is what, is what I mean to say. We sat with him for seven hours, which that's the record. We, that wasn't regular. But eventually, um, we realized these programs are too long. They really are. You're going to make people's head explode, their collective head explode with this. So we trimmed them down a little bit. And then when all this censorship hit, um, we've been going since February the 3rd, 2014. So we're almost at seven years here. And it's been amazing. But, with you know, you get deplatformed from Vimeo. You pay them regularly every month for seven years. And then suddenly they just say your account's canceled. Okay. No explanation for it. And then all this massive uh, censorship I thought we'd probably better go six nights a week on radio and talk about it while we can. So while it is a way to make a living, the more important thing is that I would certainly like to think that very few, if any, are able to talk with the people that uh, I'm privileged to speak with about the things we speak with. And so that's Caravan to Midnight. It's uh, Now that we're over the air radio, we just edit everything down commercial-free and put that in archive. And then if people want it later and they want to continue to support us, then they become members of the program. And they continue to do it. And it's really quite wonderful. So we can keep going and we can keep deprogramming. We've both been toiling in the, this arena for a good number of years. And we've been talking about a new world order or, a, or Agenda 21 or the rise of totalitarianism, coming persecution of Christians. 20 years ago, we were talking about something on the on the horizon, and truth be told, a good part of me, maybe this is just normalcy bias, didn't really buy into it. And now it's here. Winter is here. When you see this dystopian nightmare unfolding, do you ever despair? Are you fearful? No, I'm really not, only because, you know, you mentioned Game of Thrones. I didn't watch it when it was current. It would have been agonizing to wait another week for another episode, don't you agree? So what I do sometimes, oh, yes. if I see something good, I just go do something else until I've got a bunch to binge on. And now we just, uh, my wife and I just watch them continuously all the way through from first season to last. And that's what this really is. As you mentioned, is it's a big game of thrones. But I remember uh, there is one thing that Bailey said that I thought was very interesting. And it's that everyone is your friend. Everyone is your enemy. Everything is all happening at once. And I would just take it, and he says, so that no matter what you encounter, you've already seen it. This has kind of been, um, I'm not going to say I went around, you know, zombified, thinking about conspiracy theories all the time, but they were never very far from my mind. And as you have discovered in your own career, it turns out we're the conspiracy theories who just happen to be right. So... I would say that after the years that you've put into it and after the years that I've put into it, we really are able to see most 
most of it that's going to impact us in the immediate and in the, I'm not going to say long term, but the, the, the mid-range term. We see these things now in our imagination. Then when we see them come to contribute more to the dystopian reality we appear to be living, it's not so dystopian for me or you, I suspect, because we've already seen it. We've already seen it in our imaginations. We knew, we know two things, human nature and that Oscar Wilde thing. The one thing that human beings cannot resist is temptation. And we know that if you give these people powerful toys to play with, they're going to play with them. Just like the little boys, we build our model airplanes and set up our army men and all our little buildings there and our little tanks and things, set them up so meticulously. And then what do we do? We blow them all up, you know, firecrackers or dirt clods or whatever you got. Now, if you and your friends didn't do that, then that must mean that I'm in an extraordinarily redneck part of the world, and that is exclusive to Texas, but I don't think so. <laughs> we always Let me ask that you. we can tear down. That's part of the delight, I think, with uh, the duality of man. We, we create and we destroy, and, uh, and the destruction of things to, to some who are not going to be immediately victimized by this, you know, blood and guts, they enjoy tearing it down just as much as they enjoyed building it up. It's just another challenge and another chance at greatness in their megalomania. Is this just, you know, nothing new under the sun? It's just history doesn't repeat. It rhymes, I suppose, as Twain said. This is just, you know, here we go again. Or is it different this time? It feels different to me. There seems to be kind of a, I don't know, something, dare I say, biblical about it, prophetic. I think it is biblical, absolutely, positively. In fact, I could I could tell you a bunch of things now that would convince you and your audience that I was completely raving mad, but I'm but I'm not because much of it has been witnessed. It's true. I like to say that old Bible's pretty hard to beat. But when Solomon said, "There's nothing new under the sun," is there anything you can say? See, this is new. Nope. It has at always been from ancient times. It's just the same stuff. The paint jobs are different and the weapons are different, but human nature is still the same. There's still Ten Commandments and still seven deadly sins, not not six or eight, and not uh, nine or eleven commandments. It's just how it is. It's the perfect book for living. It's the perfect guide for living. But many people are jaded on Scripture because they feel like, well, there's so many different versions of the Bible. It's been changed so much over the years. But I would only say to them, if it is, in fact, divinely inspired, and I believe that it is, then... The divine is not going to allow it to be tampered with very much. One way or another, the, the truth will be revealed, despite the fact that we don't even speak in the, in the same uh, style of English that we used to even 30 years ago. It's degenerated now. Things like Ebonics are encouraged and identified as, oh, no, 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 this is actually the only authentic language. And I've known ever since I was a little kid that uh, this may not be the end of the world, but it's most assuredly the end of the age. And the thing that's mm -hmm. different about this now, Richard, to me, is that we just walked right into it. We were warned. We talked about it. We saw films about it. We read books about it. We heard many presidents warn of this. And what did we do? Well, we walked right into it anyway. Just like Bluto said in the Animal House, you screwed up. You trusted us. And we right. did. That's that normalcy bias. The roof is caving in, and we convince ourselves, no, there's just some mice scurrying around in the attic. I want to ask you about Klaus Schwab and the Davos agenda. There's nobody in the media really that seems very interested in reporting on it. But our our health minister, our federal health minister, took part in a closed door session and was asked by one of our news outlets to provide a transcript of what was discussed or what she said. And 
and she refused. What do you think is going on inside these gatherings with Klaus and company? I'm betting they're not playing canasta. No, they're not. See, the, the thing is, it, it's always something sinister is suggested just from the secrecy alone. But when you consider the facts, what they're talking about and, and what they're telling us we must do, I mean, these are just people that uh, belong to that club that we're, we'll never be members of, and they want to rule the world. That's all. Maybe they know of realms beyond our, what we call even outer space. Maybe, they, uh, maybe they're privy to information about activities at CERN that and they can just st- step into a module and go time travel somewhere. I don't know. Nothing much would surprise me. I doubt it, but it wouldn't totally surprise me. It's just that it seems that people are compelled to walk whatever line has been designated as their line. I'm not sure that these people up at Davos and their virtual meeting... I'm not sure that they ever planned to be uh, sinister, totalitarian members of an elite regime that would subjugate all the people on the face of the earth. I'm not sure. Maybe what it is is they just waited for the next stepping stone to appear in front of them. And they uh, stepped on it and waited for the next one. And everything that they did, however regrettable, led them to where they are now and and put them together with the people that they're with now. Uh, Clearly, I don't know, but... If God can see the end from the beginning, then that means that all of this is a plan. And while most people believe that, well, God's made it all about him, he's actually made it all about us, so that it's up to us. He knows what we're going to do before we do it, but we don't. So this is in furtherance of building our character, not just for this world, but for the next. I mean, there's been so much reporting about paranormal and and unusual things that simply cannot be explained. I've experienced much of it, a lot of it, in my own life over the last three or four years that I'm almost jaded with it. When something happens, it doesn't alarm me or mystify me or fill me with wonder. It's like it's business as usual. Weird stuff happens all the time. So I believe people have limited their horizon line to just, well, just the horizon line. And there's so much more beyond the horizon. Well, by the time you get to the horizon line, there's another horizon. Well, that's right. Isn't that a good thing? So there is no actual end to this until the end of time. And at the end of time, you're just there. That's where the spirit world dwells pretty much. It sounds like you're in a a good place, John, with your faith. It sounds like you're in a really grounded, fearless place. Well, I think that I am. I'm not going to say that I'm this brave knight in shining armor just going out there against the forces of evil. It's like I know exactly who sent me here, and I know exactly what my limitations are as a person. But I also know that if you tap into that divine power, you can do things that you would not believe. And it's not magic. It's not witchcraft. It's not anything. It's trust. It's the same purity of trust that a little baby has when you're holding that baby and it, it, it doesn't even, it's not even the last thing on, it, on that baby's mind that you may drop it. I say it well, because you don't know if it's a he or she, the baby. The baby doesn't have any idea that you would drop it, that it is not in any peril whatsoever. It looks up at you, it looks you right in the eyes and completely trusts you. If people can allow themselves to trust the one who sent them here, it will awaken things in them they have no idea are there. And it sounds like a bunch of hooey, but I've lived it because when I was in the rock and roll game, Richard, I was the wildest thing they'd ever seen before or since. Been snatched from the jaws of certain destruction repeatedly. And if that whole thing, all the trouble that somebody went to, 
to see to it that I didn't get X'd out decades ago, if the sole purpose is to reach one person and tell them you are most assuredly not alone, and if you'll allow yourself to believe it, then you'll see it. But if you're waiting to see it, you may never believe it. You have to believe might- first, then you'll see it. This is one of those quotes that's often misquoted and attributed to the wrong person. I don't, I've sort of lost the thread. I don't know who even said it now, and that is when fascism comes to America, it'll come disguised as liberalism. I've heard it attributed to Reagan and others. I think the original quote is, is quite different. It's um, when fascism comes to America, it'll be wrapped in a flag carrying a cross. But, I mean, that certainly seems to be happening. Fascism is coming to America or tyranny but in the guise of tolerance and social justice, how did that happen, John? How did that happen? Education. It really has to do with the education. The books that had held us in good stead for such a long time are being discarded, and actual education is being supplanted by um, this uh, mythical concept of social justice. And uh, this is like what Solzhenitsyn said. You know, people come into the world with different capacities. If they're free, they're they're not equal, and if they're equal, they're not free, and that is a perfectly stated and a very memorable axiom, and that's that's what we have now. I mean, I think it was Joe Stalin himself said, "You give me a child for eight years, I'll give you a lifelong communist," and and that's what we have now. You know, that's what that's what disagreed with my former uh, uh, employer was that I've mentioned several times that you're witnessing the resurgence of global communism. That's what this is. Mm-hmm. And uh, nobody really wanted to hear that, so I guess because <laughs> I guess because it was true. But education and, and look, like just like the rap music. When the rap music first started, it was about succeeding and making money and having a good life. Then it turned into cop killer this and and all this you know abusive stuff directed against the women and so forth and uh all of these mechanisms for control come about from seemingly benign beginnings i mean just like with the uh let's take QAnon for example there is a q but there's only one q the QAnons. Now, they analyze, and sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong, but do we really think that that a channel like that could be established and nobody would think to get into it and uh, pervert it and twist it and confuse things and discredit it in some way? Of course they would. That's that's what they do. So anything that they can weaponize, thank you, anything that they can weaponize, they will, and they do. And so we we have walked right into fascism again, Communism, fascism, socialism. Socialism is really the lightest one, but Vlad Lenin said you can't get to communism without going to socialism first. Okay. Back in those right. days, I think Ayn Rand said that the communism is murder and socialism is suicide. Yeah, that's well put, too. Um, peace, bread, and land. That was, uh, that was Vlad Lenin's carrying call. So it's just the same old hash rehashed. I don't. I really don't know what it is in human nature that makes them do what they do, but but it just seems to be. They just seem to be. Perhaps it's that it's the human experience equivalent of chaotic math theory, where in order to keep any progress, even 
possible in, in the realm of the future, it's necessary to mess up a bunch of things that seemed like they were running pretty well for now. I mean, maybe maybe things stagnate. I wish I did have the, have the answers to these things, but but I but I don't. I, I just observe and, uh, and and make note of it. But then you find out that all of these families in Europe, Hitler, Churchill, everybody's connected. Somebody blows a whistle, they disappear. Somebody talks about the CIA uh, converting all this voluminous quantities of cocaine, powder cocaine, into crack and dumping it in South Central L.A., and that reporter gets whacked out, and it's obvious that it was a murder, but they rule it a suicide and, and publicly state it as a way of subliminally telling us we can do pretty much whatever we need to to protect our position. So everybody knows this. And... Um, so the question is, what are what can we do about it? And the answer is, well, we think of of ourselves in 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 the terms of we as a whole big crowd of people marching toward the palace and so forth. But this time, this is true asymmetrical warfare against a totalitarian a totalitarian takeover of our free republic. Now, people can go into great detail and say how how unfree. It is, but it's a lot freer than a lot of other countries in the world, so it just depends on what you're comparing it to. Yes, there are loads of restrictions in this country, but by and large, people are permitted to do what they want in furtherance of prospering themselves and having a pleasant life, which is about all there is to win down here on this planet anyways, just be happy for a while. But I don't know, Richard, maybe they get bored and they just decide... It's either the fight between good and evil, or we've got some really bored people out there that just decide that the, the, the best amusement is tearing down a perfectly stable society and supplanting it with an experimental one. That so far, every experiment conducted like like this, like socialism or communism, has failed miserably and, and produced nothing but the misery. But they still want to. I, I think a lot of. I think they recruit a lot of people that are, and you alluded to this earlier, well-meaning. Um, they they're nice, but they're not good. And um, was it uh, what was it? Uh, C.S. Lewis said about like the worst form of tyrannies is the one that's uh, exercised supposedly for the good of its victims. Um, and yeah, and uh, I think that's what we're living under now. I think a lot of people on the left, uh, so-called social justice warriors, are well intended, all you know, but horribly misguided. Well, I think they must be. I was just watching a special on uh, Thomas Sowell, who uh, started off his life, a North Carolina guy, and, and he became a brilliant scholar and a professor and so forth. And and he was a Marxist originally, but as he began to actually think about it, he realized this is definitely not the way to go. And then he began to study, and he went, oh, absolutely, this is not the way to go. And he spoke out against it uh, from that point of discovery onward. But people experiment with all kinds of, of ridiculous ideas, but there is some definite social engineering and, and social psychology, a weaponized psychology, trying to disable the individual and make that individual part of the collective. This is something that Patrick McGowan warned in his Prisoner series back in 1968. Yes. I think the Brits got it in 67. But, man, did he ever hit the nail on the head or what? Every mm. The, the drugs, the mind control, you must be mutual. You don't want to stand out. Just keep a low profile. You're just a number. Isn't that much better than having a name that you can resent? You're just a number. Everything's fine. And when you think about it, what's more individual than a number, right? Well, you're right, not a number. Right. You're a person. 
and, and the, the enemy is self-reliance and the uh, they demand conformity compliance um this you mentioned you know this starts with in the schools and so forth i agree in but they've had like a half century head start so what 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 is a, a remedy? Do we – I mean it's going to be a long, a long, long march. Do we start by homeschooling, taking that – you know, that used to be a, a parental obligation, how we ever ceded the education of our children to the state. Maybe that was mistake number one. But uh, is, is that how we we turn things around, this, this, this huge vessel? It'll, you know, it'll take decades perhaps. But is that how we begin – Homeschooling? I think there are a lot of people in the audience who may not want to hear my true opinion on this, Richard, but I'm going to give it to them anyway. Please. If we don't return to an acknowledgement that we have no idea where we came from or who sent us here, that we have no concept whatsoever of what be- lies beyond what we call outer space, as long as we can look at up into the sky and see all of those stars and planets and so forth and then think, okay, let's say they weren't there anymore. Well, then where is that void of nothingness up there? And what was there before it? And who put it there? If, as long as we cannot answer these questions, it's nothing but arrogance in the extreme to just presume that there is no creator. You remember we went through this nonsense about, uh, well, we just don't see, uh, we don't see any intelligent design. Remember the big intelligent design mantra that they were pipe, popping off with? Oh, yes. Well, everywhere I look, I see intelligent design from a leaf to a solar system. I mean, what are these people talking about? And some of them, I think that they, uh, I don't think that they have been exposed through their families. Look, I don't mean just talk continuously, but, but let me run this past you real quick. If you go back enough generations, we will find that as far as, and it is, it is, it is race based in this way. The we are Caucasians, for example. We are related in some tiny way to every other Caucasian. In Russia, where the features begin to change in far eastern Russia, you'll see that there's a, there's a little Asian cross over there. So in the end, after enough millennia and, and enough generations, we literally all are brothers and sisters, which suggests, okay, so that's how we were born into what they call what is called sin all right fine well if we really are all brothers and sisters then who's the father and the mother who sent us here and why do we cling to this proposition that we're better off not acknowledging that we have any accountability whatsoever to anything other than each other and then treat each other the way that we do i don't think we're going to get much traction in correcting the ills of the world until we decide that getting on our knees and praying is not about bowing down before an almighty God who will smash you if you don't do this. It's about you. It's about your willingness to submit yourself and say, I really don't know uh, much about anything in the broad strokes. I look, up, I look at your creation, and I'm prepared to just show some respect. It's not about God makes it about us when we do that. More of my conversation with John B. Wells when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. Start feeling rejuvenated right now. Order your one-month supply of Super Tea and GI Joy today from GetTheTea.com. This Super Tea is specifically formulated 
to cleanse your kidneys, liver, colon, and blood all at once. And of course, the colon is one of the most ignored organs in the human body. The faster that waste is eliminated from the body, the less time that waste sits in our intestines, spreading toxins to our bloodstream. Life Change Tea is not the same tea that you buy in the store off the shelf. Life Change Tea is eight powerful herbs blended together to maximize your health. You also get 60 capsules of the GI Joy, which contains colostrum, which helps to assist in maintaining a healthy digestive tract. It also helps maintain a healthy immune system. Super Tea and GI Joy from Get The Tea for a healthy digestion and a healthy immune system. Use the code UNLIMITED and all your orders ship for free. Consult your healthcare professional before using this product. If you're pregnant or breastfeeding, do not use without consulting a healthcare professional. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again and what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. John B. Wells is with us. And John, we were talking earlier. I think you're absolutely right. We're looking for political solutions to what are essentially spiritual problems. And I do look at what is going on now as spiritual warfare. I do want to talk a little bit about what's happening in Washington, D.C. The city looks like it's under a military occupation. I want to get your thoughts on that. I mean, that must be just very troubling to witness that as an American. It is. There seems to be a really strange atmosphere all around us now of, I don't really even know how to, quite how to describe it, but we're getting a lot of conflicting information just based on what we've seen, you know, okay, storming the Capitol. Oh, Trump supporters stormed the Capitol. No, they didn't. BLM and Antifa was all over the place, and they were let in by Capitol uh, Police on one end of the building, and on the other end of the building, they're fighting with them. And then uh, Special Operations General McInerney was on uh, Caravan to Midnight Radio a week before last, and uh, he said Special Operations got uh, Pelosi's laptop and a couple other laptops up there, and the next thing we see in the press is that some woman went in there and stole it and was trying to sell it to the Russians. I mean, to me, this is the most feeble attempt to keep the Russian narrative going. I think there are huge things going on behind the scenes, and, and this thing in Washington D.C. with the, you know, with the bolts on the fence on the outside, as if they want to keep people in rather than out, that got everybody's attention. But there's a lot of misinformation out there, as you know, just like this uh, this fellow Austin, who was uh, a possible pick for Secretary of Defense, General Austin. The only place that I saw him say the United States was going to turn their security over to, to the Chinese military was in this one meme. I didn't see that anywhere else. So I don't know if he said this or not. But I believe that the, um, I believe there are a bunch of people who are in a lot of trouble. Listen, this election was clearly stolen. I'm, I'm sorry if that hurt some people's feelings, but it's, it's obvious. When you have this many irregularities, when you have this many additional votes just in the state of Georgia and less than half of new people coming into the country or coming into the, to the state. Well, that suggests that uh, you're, you're padding the uh, figures a little bit there. So I'm thinking that what really happened is that they were so desperate because Trump's wise to, President Trump's wise to everything that's, uh, that's going on up there. He's got some really good people around him still. They had to go on. I believe that they had to go on and let this crime play out completely and let everybody reveal themselves. I mean, this is what we pray for. Uh, if the, Whether or not this happens, I guess we'll just have to do that Zen master thing and wait and see. But And then you see all this video coming out of uh, Washington, D.C., featuring uh, 
this titular president-elect. And you see all these video anomalies that suggest that this is not even real. You know, Richard, years and years ago, I told people that Bob down the street there, because of the digital, digitalization of everything, Bob down the street is not even going to be getting the same news as Steve and Tom up the street. And that the people that you see doing the news presenting will not be people at all. They will be computer simulations of people designed based on the results from various focus groups and so forth. So everything that we see is deception and illusion, which produces delusional uh, aspects in our, our thinking processes. So... The easiest way to say well, this way. There's yeah, a lot of false hope. Right. There's a lot of false hope that's being funneled, I think, through people like General Flynn and maybe McInerney. I think they're well-intentioned individuals. I think they're patriots. But do you think, to a certain extent, they're being they're being used? I, I think that that is a, a possibility. It, it all, these things are always a possibility, but I don't think that at this time. Now, something could nag at you and say, you know, they sure are coming at it uh, at this problem hard. They're coming at it with such enthusiasm, they're not even being careful about it. Uh, maybe they're part of the cabal or something. Maybe they're part of the deception. Then on the other hand, you get to know these people, and you realize they're just fire-breathing dragons, and they'll say what they mean and mean what they say. We were talking about the military or the National Guard presence in Washington, D.C., and you wanted to sort of sum that up. I don't know if I've sort of destroyed that thread for you or not, no, but not, uh, not, if, if not, so, no, we can I'm move sorry. on. I just tend to go on with these answers, Richard, but uh, the, the thing is, is that there's a lot of military activity generally. We know that the Chinese troops either were or perhaps still are across our northern border, and we suspect strongly that there's a bunch of them. I keep hearing the same number over and over again, which suggests it's becoming urban legend rather than actual fact, but... There are two big Indian reservations, Native American reservations there where Arizona, California, and Mexico meet, and they all share borders, and, and this reservation straddles all of those those places, and another one in New Mexico. So those are ingress points. And I keep thinking, what's the least likely thing that anybody would ever imagine could happen to the U.S., and that would be a land invasion, but maybe because it's the least likely thing in most people's minds, maybe it's the most likely thing they would try. Uh, let me finish up on this. I'll, I'll be very brief on this race thing. A guy in uh, Russia falls in love with a girl from Nepal. They just wind up together, or maybe a Chinese lady. And then they immigrate to Eastern Europe somewhere, Bulgaria somewhere, and they have kids. And then maybe they go to Germany and then one over the U.K., you know, and, and one of the girls or one of the guys, you know, marries, marries a black person. So by the time these generations have rolled on and on and on, and the children and the generations, and, and the we're related to everybody, we've probably got some Eskimo in us, you know. So I believe mm-hmm. that it's really important for people to understand we are all brothers and sisters. This is why we shed tears for people that we don't know. And if we'll just be brothers and sisters in the spirit, in the spirit of Father God's Christ, we've got our card. We've got our ID card, so to speak. This is the spiritual ID card that just says we understand who we are. We also understand that we don't understand everything, but we're willing to learn. We know we were sent here. We didn't spontaneously just appear. So give us guidance. Give us purpose. And that way, when we think like that, then when we pray, we are a force multiplier. And it's written in Scripture. If if you'll stop doing what you're doing that's bad for you, and you will repent, meaning feel bad about it and don't do it anymore, and you'll pray to me, I'll hear you, and I'll heal your land. Failing intervention by God himself, this could be a really rough run for the next 20 years, maybe even the next 50 years. And back to the bloodlines. These people that run the world are very 
persnickety, if you will, about maintaining their bloodlines and all this stuff about child sacrifice and ritual murders and all this other. We all know very well this stuff is true. We know that weird stuff happens down in the poor part of town, but we know that the very weirdest stuff in the world happens in the, in the house up on the hill. That's where the really weird stuff goes on because they're insulated. They can buy people. Look at all these people who have compromised their very their integrity. They've compromised their character by taking money from the communist Chinese. Who in their right mind would take money from the communist Chinese knowing that they are a devoted enemy of this country? They get seduced by things. They get seduced by money. They get seduced by power and, and access to women. All these things that they, they dreamed somebody had but they could never have. Now here's their opportunity to have it, and they jump at it. It's just human nature. It's, it's just temptation. It's the enemy. It's the destroyer of life. The devil doesn't... Well, Epstein is the tippy tip of the iceberg, there's no question. And it'll be interesting to see what Ghislaine Maxwell is allowed to say, what she's allowed to reveal, and who knows, you know, what... I, I suspect that people that we, we love and admire are, are going to be... Uh, uh, implicated before it is all said and done. Uh, just in a few minutes that remain, I wanted to get to this because I know you're in, in Texas and um, in Dallas. Uh, I'm hearing rumblings about secession. There's been legislation introduced in your state legislator, legislature uh, that would allow for a vote, whether it passes or not. I don't know. What are your feelings? Some, some are saying that, that secession with Texas is inevitable. Richard, I think that secession is a really bad idea. I was talking with Paul Preston last night, and they've got some real traction going on this new California state, which would take up approximately 90% of the state, and they may actually get this done this year uh, based on a, a constitutional provision that goes back to the 1840s. But I think secession in, of, of Texas from the Union is a real long shot, and I think it would be an extraordinarily bad idea simply because it makes us weaker. Uh, if, if we're either a union or we're a disunion, and if we're a disunion, if you want to add another state, okay, that's one thing, and let them do what they want. I mean, just because things went on in uh, Minneapolis doesn't mean I'll never do any business with uh, anybody in uh, in Minnesota. Uh, the My Pillow guy, I talked to him on the program a couple of weeks ago. He's a nice guy and he's doing well, and uh, they're trying to punish him for having conservative, let alone conservative Christian views. So. Just to wrap, put it, just put it in a box and tie a bow around it. When you have so many of these forces, such as the big tech people that we we messed up and we trusted them, they track us, they harvest our data, they do all these things, and then they tell us we cannot express our opinions. This is not a good sign at all. And then when you find out the affiliations they have with totalitarian regimes, this is an even worse sign. So I think it is incumbent upon us to decide: we are human beings. And we are not going to go into a controlled state like this. And they'll come at us with everything they can. They'll come at us with tech and this ridiculous vaccine and this ridiculous virus and all this nonsense. They will never stop trying to subjugate the world. But the idea is if you can't eliminate these people, then you just have to quarantine them and simply do not participate. They, they have no power over a populace that will not comply with their demands. And so we're either going to have to decide we have some guts and we're going to stand up for liberty or we don't have any guts and we'll go willingly into, a, into what is effectively slavery. And then who are we going to ask for reparations later? There won't be anybody mm -hmm. to ask. Well, what is that tipping point? 
uh, because, um, you know, violence is never the answer except, well, it was in 1776. At a certain point, short of seceding and saying these people won't leave us alone, therefore we're getting out, you know, wh- what is the tipping point going to be? Is it going to be an attempt to force vaccinations? Is it going to be repealing the Second Amendment or an attempt, you know, packing the courts, repealing uh, the Second Amendment? What What is the tipping point, do you think? How much at what point will America say you no longer have the consent of the governed? I believe that in the uh, yeah, those are components. A, uh, a financial collapse is like Klaus Schwab. You mentioned him. In ten years, you will own nothing, and you'll be much happier. And the Pope saying, "Oh yeah, communism is really kind of a good thing," and mm-hmm, all of this stuff. I believe the tipping point is going to be if this voter, this this election fraud is allowed to stand, because I, I don't know about. Um, I don't know about other people, but I, I know that I'm not going to comply with a single unconstitutional order, demand, law, mandate, or anything else. I'm just not going to do it. And they say, well, you have to, or you, or, or what? You know, if, I, if I'm just one guy out there saying, I'm not going to wear this stupid mask, it doesn't do anything anyway. Um, well, that's fine. But if there are 100 million people saying, you know what, we're not doing this. We see you for what, for what you are. We know what you're trying to do. I mean, magically, Richard, all of the influenza cases, the seasonal influenza cases, just just disappeared in San Diego, California. The medical experts were mystified. And, and guys like Andrew Cuomo, he's just a thug. I mean, you can tell by listening to him talk for a minute. Uh, he, he doesn't care about those old people that he uh, sends to death. And the other part is this. It's all a, a big propaganda push. Just like, oh, the world's overpopulated. Really? Well, birth rates are dropping all over the world. Uh, the Russians had to declare him, and Putin years ago, a few years ago, wanted to, he declared a national lovemaking day. It was like, for Pete's sake, make some babies, we were running out of Russians. <laughs> so uh, and these people are crazy. And, and the thing is, I go, and I go back to spiritual level. I mean, uh, you remember when uh, Jesus was talking to the insane person who was possessed, and, and uh, he, yes. said, he goes, who are you? And he said, we are legion. Well, there are people that have those hooks. The enemy's hooks in them so deep, they don't think the way you do. They don't think the way I do, or, or members of your audience. They don't think this way. If we, if we were to be able to read their thoughts, we would be horrified at the things that they think. They regard a baby as uh, many of them regard a, a, a little baby who could grow up to be the next Michelangelo uh, as just nothing more than a protoplasmic blob that's, uh, that is representative of the Creator, and we would like to desecrate this. They're nuts. They're crazy. Satan is crazy. He's nuts. He's, he's a megalomaniac. He thinks he can kill God. The clues have all been left behind for us. If we don't want to pick them up and look at it and, and form some, some opinions and make some decisions, well, that's on us. But as long as we're here, I think we better look more deeply into the meaning of our being here, even if we can't see it, because we're basing the value of our lives on what we have by way of material possessions or the size of our bank account or something. That's not what this journey is about. It's not about stuff. It's about spirit. John, very quickly, how do, we, uh, how do we listen to Caravan to Midnight and Ark Midnight? Well, we go over the air Monday through Friday from uh, 9 until 11, uh, until 11 uh, Central Time, and then Saturday from 9 to midnight, and you can pick it up on TalkStream Live, or you can just go to Arc Midnight, or, or really the master site. Is, God made it suitably confusing for everybody, because I thought I was only <laughs> going to do one show per week, but now I'm doing six nights a week. Just go to CaravanToMidnight.com, and you can get to the radio program. You can get to our CTM store. You can get to everything from there. And 
and it's easy to pick up a stream and listen. And the, the archive is there because sometimes these radio stations they'll run a game or something instead of running us, and that's fine. But uh, the, the program is preserved for anybody who wants to hear it, and we've got some great people on there. I'd like to get you on sometime. I would love it, John. It's a real pleasure. I'm I'm sorry we left it so late. I want to. I'd love to have you on again. A, a real pleasure meeting you finally. Very nice to meet you too, and I thank you very much. You've been very gracious and uh, and uh, tolerant of my speeches. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a moment with a few details about an upcoming episode. C60 Evo delivers the miracle molecule. ESS60. It's pure carbon 60. Why not love your body and share C60 Evo with those you love? ESS60 from C60 Evo is a mega antioxidant for increased strength, endurance, flexibility, and a deeper sleep. It's great for pets too. I take a tablespoon every day and so does the mighty Aphrodite. We're both sleeping better than we have in years. And during the day, we have such tremendous energy and vitality. We're both pain-free. In a landmark peer-reviewed animal study in Paris, France, rats fed ESS60 lived twice their normal lifespan. Go to c60evo.com slash Richard hyphen or click on the C60 Evo link in the episode notes. Use the code EVRS at checkout and save 10%. ESS60 from C60 Evo. Order your miracle in a bottle today. Coming up next time, 30 years ago, this UFO case went viral, making international headlines after a top-secret declassified letter and video emerged, claiming that a UFO spacecraft had crashed-landed near Ottawa. A filmmaker delves into the declassified documents, photos, and video evidence surrounding one of Canada's most famous UFO incidents, the Carp Guardian case. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. 